Germany, 377 medals. Norway, 329 medals. Russia, 314 medals. These are the countries at the summit of Winter Olympic success. This show is not about those countries. This show is about the little guys. The underdogs. The athletes with a pocket full of dreams and everything to prove. This is Medallica, colon, minnows versus the world, colon, cul-de-sac to Korea. Good morning. Welcome to Medallica. It is the first of our Triple J mornings, which means we've been up since 3am Korea time. I am so fucking tired. (laughs) We've slept for 120 minutes. Dear fuck, the only person who is less happy about this than us is Michael, our long-suffering videographer, who, as we type this, is in bed, an audience of one, for his own special live podcast. He's currently either (laughs) editing or looking up ways to hide bodies. (laughs) Two of them. Two of them. He just flicked up his hands, two bodies. (laughs) Anyway, it is day three or four of the uh, (laughs) Winter Olympics 2018. It's the 12th of February, and everything is happening. Minnow updates galore, so we're going to dive straight into it. yeah. So, Shiva Keshavan. What a man, what a man, what a man. He's a Shiva Keshavan. His Olympics. His... Or could be Keshavan. Keshavan, which, which we have will never. Fuck us totally. <laughs> it really dicks that rhyme. But, uh, his sixth Olympics. He first come on, came onto the scene in, uh, 1998. His sixth Olympics has ended. It ended last night with, uh, his third and final luge run. He finished in 30th place. Mate, Shiva. Hats off. You've done a huge amount for uh, India and their Winter Olympic program. You've been an absolute stalwart. You haven't had the ability to actually train on ice for nine months of the year. The first time you came to the Olympics, India hadn't filled out any paperwork and didn't know you were actually an athlete. So you rocked up to the (laughs) Olympic Village and they said, who the fuck are you? Please go away. And then uh, funding-wise, you've never received any government funding. So you've had to basically go and go door-to-door telling people that you are a Winter Olympic luge competitor, to which people said... Fuck off. We're not giving you any money. You, you've, you've been walking around and trying to talk about our Lord and Saviour Luge <laughs> in your white shirt and black pants and name tag, and, and people have, have actually come to the fore because you've managed to, to come to six Olympics. Well done, mate. Unbelievable. So that's happened. We're going to try and get uh, Shiver on the show now that his uh, Olympics competing-wise are finished. Yep. The next one. My God. The small nation of New Zealand, oh, it's quickly becoming man. the absolute darlings of these games, but they are getting so close. Yesterday was a massive day. We woke up, oh, yeah. and uh, as you would have heard on our previous cast, um, we were watching the men's snowboard slope-style final, which featured New Zealand's Carlos Garcia Knight. Yep. He was in the gold medal position. Uh, yeah, after the first run. Actually, even deep into the second run, he yep. was still in first place. Absolutely. He uh, went he went large on his second and third runs. And Americans and Canadians, large, yeah, hey? they just they just came over the top and he finished in fifth place, which was devastating for him. Yeah. He look, the thing that I that I really loved was that obviously Europeans they have very much a an attitude of well if if they've stuffed up a run, you saw it quite a few times. They would shrug their shoulders and laugh awkwardly to show how kind of uncomfortable they were. But hey, 
that's the snow, right, guys? Yeah. When they zoomed in on poor Carlos after his third and final run, after he'd miffed it, he literally, the cameraman got right up in his face and you could audibly see it. Well, audibly here, you can't audibly see anything. And it's so fucking early. And he just said, fuck. Yeah. He, he's a 19-year-old man with a huge future ahead of him, and he did not hold back. It is, it is, it is not the last time we're, we're going to see Carlos, for sure. No, nah, CGK. CGK in the house. So good. The best rap name. Oh, isn't it great? So then last night, or yesterday, yesterday afternoon, career time... Oh, Peter Michael, the man, the myth, the mullet. He's my new favorite person he, on the planet. I've I, got to explain to my wife that she's no longer sitting atop the podium <laughs> of a, life. There's a, there's a Kiwi speed skater who has my heart. He and we we said this yesterday many times because Michael told us that we kept talking about it. But as a person outside of sports, outside of what we're doing here, this dude is just the pinnacle of human beings. He's he's the best. He's awesome. So he was competing in the 5,000 metres yesterday. It's an event that was, as speed skating, it's an event that's typically dominated by the Dutch. Uh, and, and unfortunately, unfortunately that was the still case. is dominated by the Dutch <laughs> as uh, Sven Kramer from uh, the Netherlands. Peter Michael was sitting in the gold medal position with six skaters to go and we went off. We just yep. spent 850 Australian dollars getting tickets to be rinkside and uh, trackside, if you will. For the best damn six minutes. Oh, as he crossed the line in first place and we went, my God, this might actually happen, slash, we got on him at 51 to 1 in Australia. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> uh, that was short-lived as the two skaters directly after him came out and both went a little faster. And then yep. Sven... The Dream Shatterer. Yep. AKA. Absolute the, son of a bitch. Oh, he came out and he broke the Olympic record, which meant that uh, Peter Michael, the man, the myth, finished in fourth place, which was fucking gut-wrenching. Yeah, absolutely. We we had to... Not had to. We were very, very lucky to interview him right after. And, you could, I mean, you could see it. He was... Written all over his face. He, he, he was shattered, which makes the fact that he actually did the interview with us at all that... Much more amazing. Yeah, he was su- he was such a good bloke. Uh, we waited. Well, for- he is a good bloke. He's he not dead. Well, yeah, this isn't his obituary. Peter no. was a good boy, but not very smart. He My died way- son. <laughs> he died the way he lived on ice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, yes, as we mentioned this morning, we were on Australian Radio Triple J. We're on every. Morning, every weekday morning of the games, chatting with our good mates Ben and Liam. Yep. Um, yeah. My God, does it involve getting up early? But we will bring Jeez. you those those snippets um, as they get uh, get published by our government broadcasting overlords. <laughs> <laughs> we will chuck those up. Um, we've also got the entire Peter Michael interview that once we've aired that on Triple J, um, we'll get dropped on. The cast. It might even be a special app. It, it might be. We'll, we'll, we'll drop it once once we uh, get it over on Triple J, um, so that they don't drop us. Yeah, correct. So, as we as we move forward through the cast, the next big thing for us, uh, as a lot of people know from seeing our social feeds, if you want to check them out on Twitter and Instagram at Gus and Rig, the People's Republic of Rigistan. It's the country that we created, the world's newest nation, as of January. 
<laughs> 2018. Now, this thing has gone gangbusters. The it's blowing up. The apparel that we got made just almost sent <laughs> almost sent us broke. First of all, first of all, uh, but they just look so ridiculously legitimate that people are getting high off that shit. But w- I love walking through the sea of confused faces. I don't know about you. I'm I'm all about it. As I, as I said this morning on uh, on Triple J, I don't know how I'm going to go back to not wearing the Olympic rings on my yeah. chest because it turns heads and it opens doors. It's yeah, it's it it is the ultimate high. And now look, uh, the, the the great thing about uh, about kind of walking around with these, you know, with the huge Rigistan on on your back, glow glow in the dark yellow, is is people people are amazing and they come up to you and they ask you uh, things about Rigistan. And you get into great conversations and you meet some great people. And we are meeting people, as you would expect in the Olympics, from all over the world. Yep. We are all about the Minnow Nations, but, but we are not against good people from nations that have won medals. And such was the case when we met the, the lovely Bill and Bonnie Bram from Canada <laughs> yesterday on the train. And their daughter, Bailey, is actually part of the Canadian women's hockey team. Yes. And they just absolutely shafted the Russians... <laughs> <laughs> as you would not ever... It was 5 nil, wasn't five it? 5-0, yep. all, all said and done. And, they, yeah, they just got absolutely ripped to shreds. But Bill and Bonnie, fantastic people. Uh, we, we got a couple of photos, and they became the newest ambassadors to the People's Republic of Rigistan. Yep. They are our, our Canadian... Uh, our Canadian embassy is being set up in their in their home just thirty minutes outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba. <laughs> they are they are big fans, and I think we're somehow going over there for a Thanksgiving equivalent, um, which is actually called Thanksgiving. Fuck Canadian Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> you're 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 kidding. I set you up to fail there. You're the worst. All right. That is, uh, that was on the way to, to speed skating yesterday. Um, while we were at speed skating as well, Rig dressed head to toe in yellow, like some kind of despicable me impersonator, <laughs> was approached by two Russians who in- immediately began yelling at him in Russian. Yep. They, they, they've just seen the stand and they've gone, yep. great, an ex-Soviet block nation. Let's go intimidate him with our language. <laughs> All I heard was Rusky, and as soon as I saw them not carrying Smirnoff ice, I was like, this is not a diplomatic mission. They are just trying to find out some... Inte- they're just getting some intelligence. Yeah. And, and, and they quickly found out that, that I did not speak the language of the Russian Federation. So, so that it, was... It, it turns out they were just holding vials of dirty urine and wanted your <laughs> clean urine. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, do you speak Russian? Have you got any piss on you? <laughs> Give us all your blood and piss. Oh, my God. So, yes, that happened. Uh, probably the most common thing that we get asked is what events are you competing in? Yeah. Which is great. So we've just been taking the absolute piss there. Where the fuck is Rigistan from <laughs> slightly more irate people? And then the final one, which is not less of a question, more of a statement, we've Googled you. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's weird to have people Googling us at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's actually pretty weird. We were, we were at a, at a place last night at the train station, which we'll get to a bit later in the cast. But we had some uh, some people from Lithuania actually not say anything to our faces, nah, but no words. we're ordering food, and a woman just comes up behind me, says nothing. If I was more of a skittish person, I dead set would have just gone defense class <laughs> on her, stomped on her foot and elbowed her in the face. 
but she literally was taking a photo with Rigistan on my back and she was kind of pointing to it. And we're just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but uh, we were just like, oh, okay, did you want to have a chat about this? And they're like, no, we Googled you. <laughs> it was the we've best. Done, we've done our homework. Yeah, we just handed them a fistful of stickers and they were on their way. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and also, uh, finally yesterday, uh, Angela Goff from uh, NBC Washington, yes. I believe. Um, she got got a got around us on Twitter after literally like a creepy stalker lining up behind <laughs> us in the food queue at uh, at the speed skating and just snapping some uh, some pics post posting them up. Uh, she is a phenomenally good sport, um, and NBC Washington decided that Rigistan uh, was was going to be their main main source of coverage. So they've uh, they've jumped right on our account. I don't think that they should they should ever know that we actually have zero journalistic training, and this entire thing is basically just a troll. <laughs> That being said, I would just love if we could storm the Today Show set. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's right. She's a she's a Sunrise host or a Today Show host. Yeah, that's great. It's it's, it's going to be amazing. Yep, cool. Well, that's uh that brings us into career advisors, our segment yep. which covers all things about the about the games. All things about Korea. It's quite broad. It's We've hamfisted this the fuck in there. <laughs> Anything that vaguely has to do with Korea, Completely. you will find here. Yep. First things first. At the train station, my dear God, on the way back from Gangneun, there's only two choices of restaurant. One is a 7-Eleven and not classed as a restaurant. Yep. The other sells one product and one product only, and that is... 40 different types of fish cakes. <laughs> yes, you heard right. Fish cakes, people. 40 different varietals. Walking through that line was, it was horrific. Oh. We, we went through there and we we're just like, oh, might grab uh, one of those spring rolls. Not a spring roll, cheddar cheese fish cake. <laughs> oh, oh, might grab one of those hot dogs on a stick. Not the case. Hot pepper fish cake. Oh, this is my, this is my nam. I'm getting, a, I'm getting a flashback right now. Like I can, I can smell it. And you know what? The worst thing that we could possibly have done to our fellow humans was buy 30 bucks worth of fish cakes, get on a steel tube and then open that bag in an enclosed space. It was effectively a war crime that we inflicted on our fellow passengers. It was a fucking biological weapon. It was ridiculous. I thought all, all sort of noise and chatter stopped as soon as we <laughs> opened that bag on the train. Oh, it's, I've got so many questions about it though. I'm like, what kind of a fiscal study did you do on this before you opened a fish cake only restaurant? <laughs> Is it actually really popular in Korea and we've just missed a huge part of their, of their culture and they're all about it? Or is it legit no one else could be asked to open up in the train station? I think the really scary thing is the the proprietor is probably turned to his wife and gone, See, I told you it would work out. <laughs> after we spent after, 30 after, bucks. After we spent 30 bucks and is literally the only thing open. Oh my God, it was bad. It was, I, I <laughs> it, was just, it was horrific. We ate. We're not you, doing you a ate, bit. I, I actually didn't even try any of it. As soon as I smelled the bag, I was like, "No, absolutely not." You took one bite. Yep. And then I, I, we I, stuck I, it under the oh, seat in front of us, oh, it, it, and it, we fucking bailed. <laughs> we could. We couldn't take it. Uh, 
I described it as a sponge filled with cat food, which I stand by. The texture was incredibly strange, and it's not an experience I want to relive. Uh, so speaking of trains, we did not do our prep for this trip particularly well, and part of that means that in order to get from Seoul, where we're staying, to the mountain where the events are, a lot of the train tickets are sold out. Yeah, <laughs> so... and, and, and this is to, to give people context. We are traveling, and I'm not even kidding about this because we saw a map, oh, yeah. almost the entire width of the country of South Korea yeah. in order to go to these events. We're going west to east. Yeah, and it is about two hours on the train. Going 300 k's now. Going 300, going 300 k's now, so we're going extremely fast, and it still takes two hours. The fucked up thing about most of the times of the trains being sold out is that it is standing room only. Yeah. Oh, I... That was gross. cannot elaborate or explain how fucking spirit-crushing <laughs> it is to be on a standing room only train. And steel seats. And, mate, there are, there are, two, there are two jump seats and space for about five grown Grown people? Yeah, but you end up in this kind of Hunger Games uh, seat-stealing ring. So, yeah. So you effectively go, great, well, maybe there's a scenario where people just, like, bought seats and then didn't come. Didn't go, yeah. and, and And so we're sitting in seats. Uh, no one gets on the train and, and kicks us out of these seats. Happy 20, days. 25 minutes later, we pull into a station. We're like, okay, this is the, this is the litmus test. No one kicks us out. We're like, this is the We've best. We've got this. We've got this. Five minutes later, we pull into Pyeongchang, which is the main mountain station. It's minus 15 degrees. It's about half past 10 at night. Yeah. What we didn't expect to see was an entire orphanage get onto the train. <laughs> and and this, this absolute tiger mum just wandering down the carriage, <laughs> kicking everybody out. And yeah. that's when we realized that... It wasn't just us. We no. were... There's no honour amongst thieves. Everyone around us had also stolen seats. So when 40 fucking kids got on yep. and proceeded to come and just stand there waiting for people to vacate their seats, <laughs> we're like, okay, well, I guess we've got to go and stand in this absolute tuna tin that is the gap in between the carriages. And given that most Olympics are absolute shit shows, we were just like, okay, surely there's ways to completely rot the system. We got chatting to a couple of Americans on the train, and then they got off the train and we're just like, fantastic, because we thought that because they were in the seats at all, those entire seats had been blocked out for the duration of the train journey, therefore we could take the seats. If that was Rio, those seats would have been sold for the duration of the games. They would have if- sold one, one ticket at the start and gone, great, that American owns that seat. If this was Rio, it wouldn't be a train, it would be that old-timey thing where there's two people... <laughs> using a lever to (laughs) propel the fucking cart forward and we'd be subject to the elements. Yeah, everyone would be given a live Jaguar right at home. Exactly. So we ended up taking those people's seats and almost immediately got booted off (laughs) by another person because you can book different legs. And it is just, I mean, our, our gripes with Corail... Are uh, just getting deeper and deeper by the day. They're so they're so enormous and. But I, what, the fucked up thing. I'm almost spirit broken by the train. <laughs> the fucked up thing though, is that we brought this on ourselves in a huge way by being unbelievably disorganised. Yeah. And 
thinking, oh, well, we've got this shtick about uh, going over and not having media accreditation without remembering we fucking don't have media accreditation. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bit. We actually don't. So thus, we don't have shuttles and we don't have train tickets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. sort all the shit out of the ground. Mate, it's, it, it's crazy. But, fuck. I mean, that, that, that's, that's, that's only... The, that's the least of our worries. That's the least of our worries because when we went to Gangneung, uh, we, th- there's obviously a small kind of Olympic sort of setup there. Uh, they have the ice hockey there. They've got curling. The speed skating there. They've got curling there. So you would think with all that stuff there that they would have appropriate levels of, of provisions and stuff like that. Oh. Incorrect. We, we went there and they have, oh, I'd probably say, including the entire area that we were in, maybe, Five kiosks and a larger sort of dining hall. Yeah, for anyone that's ever been to Taronga Zoo in Sydney, imagine the food experience there, but if it was run entirely by disgruntled, blind prison chefs (laughs) who only wanted to poison you. I was wondering where Taronga Zoo was going to come into that (laughs) fucking thing. I was like, what? Uh, um, So... We went to one of these kiosks because we, we quickly realized, despite the fact it was about 4 p.m., that we had not eaten at all over the entire course of the day. So we went to a kiosk and it was giving us fucking PTSD flashbacks oh, it wasn't to good. when we tried booking trains <laughs> because <laughs> we went there and we're just like, we'll have a sandwich, sold out. We'll have some dumplings, sold, sold out. out. We'll what have, have you got? S- what have you got? Rice cakes. What the fuck are those? Yeah, no, no idea. So we ended up buying a tin of Pringles and two beers. Breakfast uh, of champions. It was was great. And we're like, okay, well, we'll go and surely they'll have food at the stadium. Uh, we imagined that the stadium experience would be like that of uh, an Australian stadium. Absolutely. Where, where, yeah. where there's like there's you've got to line up and the food yep. isn't great, but it's they're serviceable. Still... It gets the job done. Yeah. You've you've got you've got an array, and they always over cater. Um, basically, no food inside any of the stadiums. Uh, the food options that are around and near the stadiums are being universally panned by absolutely everybody that has eaten at them. And for I'll good te- reason. I'll tell you why. Because as we walked into what was called the Spectator Restaurant, which is realistically more like a hurricane relief center that's been set up that has a food outlet in it. Plastic chairs, um, a convoluted ordering system that means that you queue up in one line, which is orderly, then you go and stand in the middle of basically Wall Street at its worst. <laughs> Fucking, they, they just screens full of different colored numbers. Yeah, it's it's like it was kind of like playing Keno. <laughs> um, but no one ever wins. And so exactly like regular a, it's Kino. just like Keto. Uh, but standing there, and eventually they realised that they they had no idea what they were doing, so yeah. they just started giving food away. Yeah, they, sta- they, 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 were, they waiting... weren't following the number system at all. No. They've, and, and they've... <laughs> these managers come out and made the incredible human error of, of admitting fault and saying, who needs food? Which is... Um, Fucking believable yep. at, a, at an Olympic event because literally everybody in front of you needs food. That's why we're all holding these idiot tickets and <laughs> queuing like peasants because we need what you have. So when you say, 
who needs food, and then everybody jumps the counter and starts beating you to death with a tray. <laughs> you can't be surprised at that outcome. No. God, it was bad. It was the, you- the caliber of the food is disgusting. So my I had udon noodles because I went, I went safe. I'm yeah. like, you can't fuck up noodles, right? Oh, bullshit. And look. Fucking famous last the actual The actual noodles, they're fine. It, 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 came, it came with what was called fried shrimp. It was basically a torpedo of, uh, of, of, of battered coating around one large prawn, and it had literally just been submerged like a fucking submarine into... <laughs> that's, that's what they do. Yeah, into the, yeah, into the, into the soup. So it was just soggy, bready grossness. It... <laughs> Have you ever had a visceral description? Did you ever have a sandwich that was put into your lunchbox by your parents that had tomato in it? Oh, and by lunchtime, and by lunchtime, that is literally no chance. That is that was the entire consistency of that fried prawn. Yuck! And look, before any of you intrepid. Uh, I backpacked the world and c- consumed a fucking thong and ate cockroaches for breakfast, <laughs> motherfuckers, come at us, and accuse us of being first world. This is the Olympic Games. Yeah. We are not wandering down to a local street vendor and giving them a one-star review while we kick them in the head. We're saying <laughs> the Olympic Games is a world-class event. Absolutely. And obviously anyone that followed us in Rio understands that there is a fucking irony about us ripping on someone for uh, uh, for producing a subpar event because this is light years ahead of Rio. Oh, yeah. But the food sitch here is fucking deplorable. <laughs> in Seoul, amazing. Korean oh, food yeah. is incredible. They we should are- know because we've had one meal out of seven... <laughs> That was actual Korean food. Yeah, but like it's just it's the worst parts of big event catering all rolled into one. Yeah, I don't think that this was something that they put on the radar until is, they were like, "Oh shit!" Well, fuck, foreigners might actually want to eat food at these events. It is quite literally the Olympics of fucking horrible food, and they are just getting gold, gold left, gold, right, gold. and center. <laughs> Un- unbelievable. Anyway, so a uh, onto onto a bit of sports news. Canadian ice dancing. I'm calling I'm calling this I'm well versed in it. I'm I'm calling this the great wardrobe malfunction slash uh Oh stop slash porn incident of two thousand and eighteen. So a Canadian ice dancing duo has been asked to tone down their routine uh because it featured a move that was effectively uh, the female in the pair mounting the face of the male with her crotch, wrapping her legs around him, grabbing the back of his head, and then thrusting into his face. (laughs) Which I can tell you right now is not out of place in a lot of the bluer parts of the internet. But ice dancing, uh, despite it being quite liberal with its ability to use lyrics in its music, what a progressive sport, (laughs) has always been... Uh, notoriously conservative on the face fucking side. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm just going to point it out, but look, based on pure statistical probability of ice dancing pairs 
he is not interested <laughs> in the slightest. Probably, probably not. But anyway, they've uh, they've decided that they will do a PG version after judges strongly advised that this was not a good competitive edge that they were about to bring in. So that's uh, that's the first time that I've ever heard of a a human judged sport where pre-event the judges have given uh, the old uh, Aussie insider this one's for free tip. <laughs> Before before you go out there, champ, your fucking tags out. <laughs> it was literally that equivalent from the ice dancing judging panel. Uh, and finally, Aussies. I know that we're not about countries, again, that have uh, already won medals, but as the medal tally stands right now on day three, it reads, Minnow Nations, zero. Australia, zero. All's nice. fair in love and war. That's the best. So, uh, Britt Cox crashed out in the, uh, in the moguls yesterday and our heart goes out to her because, uh, she finished fifth despite being the world champion and that one is probably going to sting for a bit. Oh, but yeah. there are still some good Aussie hopes and the main one and the nearest one is going to be Scotty James who is on tomorrow, yep. Tuesday. He flag was bearer. the flag bearer. You might remember Scotty from one of the previous two Olympics when he looked like someone's younger brother that had somehow stumbled onto a half pipe, especially <laughs> in Vancouver 2010 when he was 15. And he was he was fucking 15. Oh, shit. He's 23 and this is his third Olympics. Oh, my God. This, this guy has achieved more in his 23 years than I will in a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> in a fucking lifetime. I'm just going to rephrase that. I was never going to the Olympics even <laughs> once. <laughs> so, Scotty James, the snowboard halfpipe, he's the world champion. So that has to be considered Australia's best hope in the moment. Uh, Lydia Lasilla in the aerials, obviously a gold medalist already yep. on Thursday. Alex Chumpy pulling in the snowboard on Friday. Uh, Bell Brockoff on, in the snowboard on Friday as well. And then David Morris in the aerials on Saturday. So they're the main... Uh, metal hopes from here for the Aussies. We will check in with them because we've got some mates on the Aussie team who have given us a bit of stick going, you're Aussies, we don't give a shit about this new country that you've started. Can you at least give us some fucking coverage, you dickheads? <laughs> Which, Which is a classic Australian response, but we don't recognise that in the People's Republic of Rigistan and our official response is, hey... <laughs> Fuck you too. <laughs> we sent them stickers, which uh, they <laughs> proceeded to stick all over the Olympic Village like vandals. So good. All right. So uh, Donut Spotlight. Riggs got it this week. Uh, Riggs, oh, oh so it's early. so early. Rig has it today. Yep. And it is on the great nation of Mexico. Yes. Yes, Mexico. Mexico. Mexico has won zero medals and sure they has. have been to quite a few games, surprisingly, for a Latin American country. Yep. Their most famous representative is oh, a gentleman by the name remembered. of Prince Hubertus of Hohenlohe Langenberg. Yes, this guy's the best. You this, don't even know. This dude has been to a shit ton of Winter Olympics. His first one was in 1984, and he's been to everyone since, with the exception of Turin in 2006. Yeah. So he does the he does the slalom. Uh, and he, look, he, no one expects him to win. No one expects him to do anything. He's no. been on the World Cup circuit since 1981. It's insanity. He is not only a uh, Mexican alpine skier, he's a photographer, a businessman, and a pop singer known as Andy Himalaya mm -hmm. and or Royal Disaster. It's so, so good. His stuff is fucking amazing. I want whatever fucking shit he's on because <laughs> he is just going off. And so he has been to all of these Olympics 
Someone, he actually told people he was going to retire in 2017. Psych. I'm actually <laughs> fucking qualified for 2018 in Pyeongchang. He is the oldest fucking Winter Olympian ever. 59 years young. The Prince. <laughs> He's here. So great. In 2014, he rocked up to Sochi in a fucking mariachi-themed lycra suit. <laughs> yeah. For his alpine uh, skiing events. And this year, they have got some... Like, I mean, Mariachi was, it, it was great, right? It looked amazing. Yeah. This year, the Alpine skiers from Mexico are dressed in a, a Day of the Dead themed lycra suit where it's just got sugar skulls all over it. But I feel like it looks dodgy to the point where it's like, that just looks like a fucking bad tattoo that belongs to a 23 year old <laughs> North Shore girl. You want to know a secret? What? The Prince. What? He's also a fashion designer. He designs the Mexican team's uniforms. <laughs> I'm, I'm dead set, dead set serious. Uh. He, uh, he designs them, and he's also, as a pop singer, uh, his song that he dropped during the opening ceremony, he coincided a song launch with one of the biggest <laughs> events on the planet, which for anyone that's ever done a thing is a dumb idea. Oh, yeah. It was called Austin... And it was a protest rock song about how Donald Trump is an evil fuck. <laughs> he dropped, <laughs> dropped that during the opening ceremony of the Winter Olympics. This guy's off the chain. Yeah. No, it, and it's actually... Th th this dude's a legend. He, he, he also co-produced a 1987 banger with Yellow... <laughs> of, of, of Ferris Bueller fame. That yes. classic... Do -do 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 -do. Oh, yeah. Bow, uh, bow. E -oh -oh. Uh, and Shirley Bassey. <laughs> singer, singer of the Goldfinger theme That's from so James good. Bond, and uh, with with their tune called "The Rhythm Divine." So shit knows what sort of royalties you'd get from that. <laughs> I listened to it before, and I hope it's not heaps. <laughs> <laughs> but it actually it was in the it was in the top forty in Austria, Switzerland, the Netherlands, and Poland back in the uh, the late eighties. But what a fucking character, mate! Love it, great work. That is the end Cheers. of today's cast. Uh, we need to go back to sleep. Uh, hope you're enjoying your commute to work in Australia or listening to us in the middle of the night in America. We will see you tomorrow. Cheers, guys.